Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. I'm Earp White. I'm editor-in-chief at the Charlotte Post. And Labor Day weekend is almost here. Yes, sir. And around these parts, that can only mean one thing. It's the start of football season on the college level. That's right. And with me today is a guest who is familiar to the podcast mm-hmm. and has never played a down of college football in his life. <laughs> in his life. <laughs> You're right. And that is City Council Member Elect. Thank you, sir. James Smudgy Mitchell. Thank you for coming in. Herb, thank you, man. No, super excited about the Labor Day. You know, Herb, uh, you reminded me that we had this conversation about three years ago, and it was just a vision I have to embrace uh, HBCU football in the city of Charlotte. And so, working with the Charlotte Sports Foundation, I give Danny Morrison and his group a lot of credit. It was an idea I had and reached out to Danny, and Danny said, we do have two open seasons. We have 2002 and I mean 2022 and 2027. He said, you think we can get an HBCU football classic? So Charlotte Sports Foundation done a great job. I'm proud to say, as a proud graduate of North Carolina Central, that we have Central and the Aggies, North Carolina A&T, playing at 7.30, at the Bank for, uh, Bank for America Stadium on Saturday. And, and Herb, I think it's going to be great not only for our community, but for HBCU football. we got a nice time slot, 7.30 p.m. It'll be cooling off. There you go. It'll be cooling off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a long day be cooling off. But, you know, I, I think we need to continue to promote uh, HBCU sports. You know, CIAA, in the past we've had uh, the CIAA Football Championship, which remind me, that's on my agenda to do next. Uh, but I'm looking forward to experience. Ticket sales are going extremely well. Our goal was to sell out the lower bowl. I think we may be 300 tickets away from doing that. So you have not get purchased your ticket, please do today. Um, and, and, and her, you know, look at the history. I mean, this is the 100 game between these two schools, mm-hmm. 100. Yeah, it's one of the oldest rivalries. Yes. Like it's not the oldest. No, that's Livingstone and John C. Smith. I, I got out to JCSU. <laughs> but for these two schools, you know, the largest HBCUs we have in the state of North Carolina, just the history, North Carolina and T, you talk about the engineering program, how that university has grown. Uh, then I like to brag about North Carolina Central, our nursing school, school of business. Law and school. Law school. Yeah, I, we got a lot of legal eagles in, in, uh, in, in Charlotte. And so uh, I think for the city here, and to do it Labor Day, I mean, think about it. Last year we had Clemson and Georgia. Mm-hmm. And now you got North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. It is Central home game, so I'm telling my Eagles to show up because we know the blue and gold gonna be here. We, we know there's a lot of Aggie pride, and they travel well. Mm-hmm. And then, Herb, think about a player at the HBCUs who might not go to the next level, but now they get an opportunity to play in an NFL stadium. Locker rooms are totally different. You run out on the field. You know, I just think it's so many memories, and then we got so many activities. The football game is important, but then we got community service project. They doing they doing a story herb Saturday at two two nine Pavard about the history of this game. That's at eleven o'clock, free to the public, uh, but it's only one hundred twenty five seats. So if you want to come, please get there early. And herb, I, I you know my challenge would be. 
to make this an annual thing. Because back in the days, we used to go to Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Raleigh would always host us. Yeah, over at NC State. At NC State. Mm-hmm. And we would draw close to 55000 So I, I, I'm very excited about this opportunity. I wanted to turn it to an annual event. And, you know, my goal would be try to find a sponsor that could continue to do what, doing what Duke Mayo uh, has agreed to do. And, and Duke was excited about it. You know, we, we went through, do we call it Duke Mayo Classic or we call it HBCU Classic? And the folks at Duke's and the Charlotte Foundation say, let's brand the HBCU Classic. And so, you know, for corporation, their branding is important. So for them to let their brand go just for two HBCU schools speaks volumes. So now you've covered a lot of territory in there uh, in terms of, I guess, because the history of the game, you know, for people who are fans or alumni of the two schools, it's always going to be Aggie Eagle no matter what other corporate brand you put on there. Exactly. Uh, but if you are looking at this from the standpoint of the game itself, mm-hmm. so you talked about there were the two openings. You know, this was part of... Uh, I guess the campaign where the, you know, was it something that grew organically or was it connected to what was going on with City Council and its work with the Carolina Panthers and Bank of America Stadium in terms yeah, of, well, you've got some city days that, right. are, that are open. Exactly that. right. Uh, is that part of yes. where it comes from? Herb, you're exactly right. So I remember part of uh, the City Council upgrading the Panther Stadium, I think we did it to a tune of $118 million. We asked for six dates, six free rental dates, because the actual the rental for the Bank of America Stadium run you north of two hundred fifty thousand, and so we had six free rental. I think that's how we came up with the Duke Mayo. Remember, it was built for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Now Duke Mayo. Herb, what I think was missing though, you never had you never had a black event in the Bank of America Stadium. And so to me, I was passionate about how can we find the event? So I talked about doing a T.D. Jakes spiritual conference. Uh, we talked about Joel Osteen coming and uh, doing a conference. But I think we settled on the right thing. This idea actually came from Jackie McWilliams. I have to give the CIWA commissioner credit. We was doing a basketball press conference and an AD from, uh, AD from Bowie State was in Jackie's ear. Why can't we do a football doubleheader in Charlotte? And Jackie got, you know, Jackie like, hey, go go talk to James Smith. He's in charge of ED. And so, economic development. Ec- there you go. Thank you. Economic development. I'm sorry. And so from that conversation, Herb, I got excited. But then I was thinking I couldn't put any CIAA schools in Bank of America, but I could put them in Morris Stadium. So it just fills them. And so then uh, I had a conversation with Florida A&M. I drove down to Atlanta. In June, about four years ago, this was like tw- uh, 2018, and I talked to Florida a and about it. I said, would you play a game in Charlotte? They were like, yeah, because we started to recruit North Carolina and South Carolina. And so kind of the birth of the doubleheader, I said, what about if I play Florida A&M, South Carolina State? They were like, we in. And I said, well, now if I can go get Central and a and the old, you know, because we had the concept of Battle of the Border. It was A&T and South Carolina State at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I knew there was an interest in our community. So you're right here from the free rental from the city council. Then the idea that was planted uh, from Jackie McWilliams to CIAA by doing a double header. To me, it was finding the right four teams 
that would travel. And, and, I, and I think, you know, we, we got the best, too. I, I'm, I'm sorry South Carolina State did not sign on because Florida A&M was ready to go. They were committed. But South Carolina State had an interim president at the time. So I want to be fair to the Bulldogs, the MEAC champions. And he didn't feel comfortable obligating the university three years out. Yeah. Uh, so then, you know, because th- this is you know, just a little slight alteration now. I've been around long enough to have remembered black college football had been played there. Well, at least Central and Johnson C. Smith have played at Bank, Bank of America Stadium. That's right. And did, and I'm not sure if A&T and, A&T and Central ever played there, but I know Central, Central and Smith did. They did. And that was part of the 100 black men who's played a key role. 100 mm-hmm. black men were instrumental in doing uh, the Battle of the Border. And so her, we start having this conversation. I had 100 black men to agree to partner with the Charlotte Sports Foundation to make this a, a, a special week. Because here's, Herb, you know, you and I both HBCU graduates. You got to have a homecoming feel. So it's bigger than the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the game is just good, national attention. But I asked 100, if you can take care of the auxiliary events. So that's how we got the job fair, career fair, Greek step show. Uh, is taking place. Uh, the history of, of, of football is taking place. We got Belt Department Store South Park is going to do a whole makeover. You're going to be able to buy North Carolina A&T and, and North Carolina Central gear just for this week. And all that have to credit 100 black men. They did a great job. And then so the Sports Foundation just focused on what they do best. We're going to sell the game. We're going to sell tickets. We're going to have a nice experience. Uh, we're going to make the two teams come, stay in a nice hotel here in Charlotte, do a community service project, but play a good game. I talked to Danny Morrison the other day. I said, Danny, where were our ticket sales? Because my goal was 55000 I wanted to meet uh, what Raleigh had. And he said, we're going to have a soccer-like uh, attendance. Okay. So lower bowl, 35000 yeah. yeah. So then with this game, it, it slightly shifting a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, and I don't want to cast aspersions or throw any shade, right. but it seems like Charlotte is just beginning to find out, hey, maybe there is something in this black college football yes. business. Yes, sir. And, and, and Herb, so I would tell you, when you look at what Jackson State is doing, uh, Tennessee State, Gramlin is coming back. You know, Herb, I, I want people to start saying there's HBCU Classic every in Charlotte. You know how they talk about the Circus City in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. They talk about FAMU and somebody in, uh, in Bethune in Florida, right? Right, the Florida Classic. And then you got Louisiana, mm-hmm. Grambling. You. There you go. Mm-hmm. I want us to market a HBCU Classic <laughs> football game. And why not have South Carolina, I mean, North Carolina Central and North Carolina a You got Fayetteville State on the rise. You got South Carolina State who defending MEAC, so can we recreate a battle of the border? I just think it's opportunity, but her, when you look at the economic impact of HBCU football, oh, it's, it's a growing entity. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's, that's part of why I'm just you know kind of curious in terms of why Charlotte is just now getting around to seeing the value in it. You know, and understanding that the CIAA schools tend to be smaller. Yeah, they yeah. have the smaller alumni base right. and, frankly, may not travel as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, economically, that yeah. may not be such a good idea. Right. But you do have the Division One HBCUs right. around here. And Charlotte, 
It has an airport that's world class. It's one of the busiest in, yeah. on the planet. And it's not like you can't fly folks in exactly. from wherever. So you know, would you look at this, if you could pull it off mm-hmm. and make it an annual thing. Of exactly. course, you've got to get the corporate community and exactly. all these other players behind it. Mm-hmm. But is it something where Charlotte can put itself on the map to where you can recruit Programs from across the HBCU mm-hmm. spectrum to come in and play at Bank of America Stadium. Could it not be a Grambling versus an A&T or Tennessee State against Florida A&M? Right. You know, maybe folks wouldn't show up because it's well, you know, yeah, they're not local. Yeah, they're not local yeah. enough. Right. So I guess would you think that it would work better if it had a Carolina school yes, at sir. least in it? Yes, sir. I, I think you always got to keep. When I think of the top school football program to travel, you got to have a at the top. you got to have Central. And an upcoming school is Fayetteville State. Powerful CIAA schools. Went to uh, CIAA Championship for about three years. So, Herb, you're right. But I have to give the Charlotte Sports Foundation. Danny Morrison, to your point, showed me this economic impact. And he said, look at here, James. Look what HBCU Division One football is doing now. Uh, so then the next question, then you say, what teams will travel? Herb, that's why I got excited about Florida and m Everybody still like to go see the band. As long as the band shows up. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Herb, exactly right. So, no, you know, no, uh, I, I got a uh, Keith McCloney. He's an AD there at, uh, I mean, deputy AD at Florida a and I told him, I said, football team can get off the bus, but we're going to make sure the band is there. And so you do have to kind of narrow your field. We know Jackson State will travel. We know Tennessee State now is traveling. So I could see in the future, Herb, of having this HBCU football classic and Charlotte annual thing and doing a doubleheader. I'm convinced a doubleheader will work even better. And so you, you have a SWAC challenge. So you have a Jackson State versus Tennessee State. Then you come back with, you know, the, the North Carolina challenge. So you're going to have Central and a and um, I think it helps them recruit who relocates to Charlotte. People start seeing Charlotte differently. They embracing this African American culture even more, and from an education opponent, I think it would help the corporate company as well, who's saying we need more African American talent, corporate executives. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, that's you know that's all great. Right. I mean, but I also see where in the past there have been attempts to grow these types of classics in Charlotte, yeah. and they have failed. Yeah. Uh, the Battle at the Border, That's right. A&T and South yeah. Carolina State, when it was over at Memorial Stadium, great games, great mm-hmm. atmosphere, but not enough people showed up. That's right. The plug was pulled on it. So what makes you confident that this time around in Charlotte 2022 that it would work? I think a couple of things. One starts at the top. I think you're going to have an entity who's going to embrace it. I think the Charlotte Sports Foundation is that entity. Um, they took a leap of faith. they seeing now how getting corporate America, corporate America on board, having a sponsor like Duke Mayo, is, is going to be helpful. I think secondly, her, we got two, one, two of the biggest, largest alumni chapters with a, a North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. Yeah, all you have to do is throw a rock. You can hit either or Either one. one. You, you, you know, you hear Aggie Pride all the time. Now we got Eagle Pride Amplified. Mm-hmm. But Herb, I think you're right. Then I think Charlotte has changed though, Herb. I think Charlotte used to be, you know, a little small country mm-hmm. town. Yep, and, you know, we, 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 we close up at 5 o'clock and that's it. This is really NASCAR country. 
And so I think that we're coming to football town now with ACC championship, the Duke Mayo, and now they're just saying we're going to add another entity. We're going to be a football town for HBCU Division One uh, and Bank of America. I think we're going to be a home for Division Two. I'm not giving up on bringing the CIAA football championship back to Memorial Stadium. Um, I, I think CIAA always going to have a home here, and I want to find a way to bring. I think they play now in Virginia, and so I would like to bring that. Because I think it could be a better experience. I think they would draw, and once again, it's another weekend like homecoming for the CIAA championship football game. Mm-hmm. Now, what would that take, considering that that would be a totally different type of challenge? It, it, because it, I did mention before, yeah. smaller enrollment, yeah. smaller alumni base. You know, And, of course, you know, right now it's out in a part of Virginia that's kind of off the beaten path it's not in Richmond right. it's not in Norfolk it's right. kind of like uh, yeah it's over there so I, I think it's a couple of things here I think one they have to go to Memorial Stadium there's no way we can put the football champ, CIAA football championship and Bank of America Stadium yeah you talk about getting swallowed up they, you, you're exactly right and, and to me that's unfair to the players who likes to play in an empty stadium uh, they love to see 18,000 people packed in Memorial Stadium I think secondly, her uh, we have to build a better relationship with CIAA. I think losing the basketball tournament uh, was a big blow for us, and I think it kind of hurt our relationships uh, with the CIAA. I think we need to rebuild those, and I think having a championship game here, uh, my comment I made to all the presidents and the commissioners, we want to roll out the red carpet. Let us know what good deal you're getting in, and I think you're right, Herndon, Virginia. Uh, and we would like to do that. And I just think it'd be a better experience, though, heard for the fans to attend those CIAA schools. You know, Fayetteville State has gone three times. Fayetteville State has a strong alumni base here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bowie keeps winning it. Bowie might have to travel. But I think, her they would travel to Charlotte. Then you can make it a Thursday event. We can model it like we do in the HBCU Classic. Thursday, we got belt. We got the welcome. Uh, activities Friday you do everything for the students the Greek step show job fair career fair and so I think we got the right model her I think for the city and sports foundation I think we got to make a different pitch to Commissioner McWilliams and the board of directors of CIAA say we want you back yeah you got to show a little bit more love than the circumstances with the basketball tournament no I totally agree and her you, you, you know you remember I was very outspoken about, about losing it because one, not only the fifty million dollars, I just think it branded our city in a very positive way. You had the largest African American sports tournament in the country in the city of Charlotte, and so I'm not giving up. I would love. I've made several inquiries about what would it take for us to have a CIAA football championship. I think it'd go well at Memorial Stadium. Um, I do think Bowie and Fayetteville State tonight they can always play each other. Uh, Wilson State has a great alumni base, mm-hmm. and boy, when y'all the program on base for a road was starting to get in the wind, you got a great coach, Coach Flowers. He would love to play CIAA football championship in the city of Charlotte. Yeah, that would be literally in his backyard. In his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, sir. So then the the basketball part of this, when you talk about the CIAA. Um, uh, it's in Baltimore yeah. uh, for another couple of years. Yes, so, but the CIAA always puts those contracts up for bids. Yeah. In terms of the basketball tournament and its leaving, of course, you know you would have some people who were longtime attendees mm-hmm. who say, "Well, you know what? It's getting a little stale in Charlotte. It's time to go." 
is there enough separation period between Charlotte and the CIAA to even make a run at that tournament again, or would you, or would you propose looking at it from the city standpoint as why not make it something permanent and make Charlotte to the CIAA what? Uh, what Omaha, Nebraska is to the College World Series. Thank you. I'm about to say the same thing, Herb. I look at the World Series, you know, it's always Omaha, Nebraska. So, Herb, you know, uh, I was upset because when we lost the tournament, we didn't put our best foot forward. Uh, here you had this entity that was generating $50 million of economic impact for you for a week. And uh, I think we fell on the corporate sponsorship side. So I think that's why Under Armour way to come in and present to the CIAA more money than Charlotte ever did. So I think our corporation has to appreciate the term. Um, I do think it got stale because we should we should have given it a, a fresh coat of paint each year, changed the uh, slogan, come out with a buzz. And you're right, I think we start, start taking it for granted. It's here again, let's just go through the motion. And third, I think we have to build a lot of respects now to, with the new leadership not not Commissioner McWilliams, she gets it, but she has a board she has to report to. And if you look at the turnover, a lot of the chancellors and presidents that were there when we first brought in 2006, they are long gone. Yeah. Herb, they are. And, and so how do we take her new board, make an economic case, make a scholarship case? Herb, I, I was always offended that I think out of the 12 schools, they basically got like, Try to remember the number. Put it this way: I always wanted to give a school a million dollar per school, a million dollar her. That's the magic number. A million dollar per school, and so to me, they walk away not only with a great basketball spin, but scholarship dollars. And I think her collected one point five. I remember the number. I think out of twelve schools, they divided one point five. To me, that's not a, re- a good return on investment or a good relationship from a city standpoint because we were gaining so much more. Her every hotel was filled up, Salisbury, Gastonia, Rock Hill, and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So it became an economic generation for the whole area. And so I think it needs to be new leadership. We need to have a new approach. Uh, we need to do it early. Um, so I don't mind. I think her when I was on a recruiting committee, I'm going to take you back, Melvin Tennant. We started chasing them in 2003 under Melvin Tennant going to Raleigh. Then we were successful in 2006 because you remember we had built the arena for uh, Bob Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I remember what really made that deal happen here. Bob Johnson said, this is my stadium and I want the first event being the CIAA basketball tournament. So for the first two years, rental free. He's an entrepreneur. He understood the value and the branding that it would bring uh, to Charlotte and to his building. Uh, her, you know, there's a part of me when I look at the CIAA history, they had never gone back to a city they love. That's the part that scares me. Yeah, yeah. And so once it's gone, hello. And that's why I was trying her. That's why I was trying to tell people, you're not gonna get another bite at this apple. Uh, but I do think if we can build a right relationship, show them the right corporate sponsorship, give them a million dollar per school scholarship, uh, I think at least we can get back at the table. I think right now we're not even in the room. Um, I think Richmond is building a new convention center. So I think they're still pushed to keep it up north. So I think they're bottom of the 2024, something like that. 
by that time Richmond might have a new convention center so I know it's going to be a big push and so uh, I'm trying to find a way that we at least get back in the room so we can get to the table and I think right now uh, we're on the outside but it was our, it, Herb, it was our loss I, my frustration was uh, we didn't show enough enough appreciation and we, we had an arrogant attitude uh, we'll lose it they'll come back and I, I was I said it hasn't been back to Norfolk hasn't been back to Raleigh hasn't been back to once to Salem yeah you just getting around to going back to Baltimore since yeah I guess it was the 1950s thank you right so you're talking about a couple of generations. Thank you, Herb. Uh, yeah. And so my frustration was, I think, the Charlotte leadership at the time did not understand the magnitude and not listen to the CIAA and understand the history that you never want to lose it. You always want to cherish this thing. I mean, and, and Herb, I kind of told everybody, uh, you won't want to lose the World 600. In the World 600, everything about pulling out of Concord, this place would go crazy. And I just felt like we should have cherished the CIAA the same way. Yeah. But now, considering that you're going to have, you know, and also city council is going to be different by the time oh, yeah. the negotiations and, yeah. the, and the wooing begins. Yeah. You know, you were away from council for a little while. There are new members yeah. and old members who are now new members. Mm-hmm. So... What is the temperature like in Charlotte in terms of the political will, much less the, the the corporate will to go back and do something like this? So, so I'm gonna put pressure on my new colleagues coming in on city council because I'm one of them as well. Uh, but when you look at, I think out of twelve, it's gonna be not uh, nine African American out of twelve. And her to me, when you think when you start talking about the black agenda. Uh, I'm going to challenge my nine African-Americans on city council to start thinking about what model, how do we recruit to bring a tournament that black folks really appreciate in Charlotte. And so uh, I think you can make the economic development case. You can make a good branding case. And so uh, I'm going to have a CIAA basketball tournament one-on-one, give everybody an overview, the history, how do we recruit it, and then talk about uh, what's our game plan. So... Uh, I feel good about this council, especially African-American leaders, and a lot of them realize that we need to get that tournament back. Mm-hmm. Not to tell you how you do your business, or even make a suggestion, but I'll yeah. make a suggestion. Yes, sir. <laughs> I take them here. You've been close to it now. Uh, way back when, mm-hmm. uh, our good friend, the late Kerry Mitchell, yeah. had a basketball showcase. Model the King Classic. Yeah, That's right. Where he would put together a couple of Division One HBCU mm-hmm. basketball teams mm-hmm. and a couple of Division Twos and play on Martin Luther King mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Is something like that a possibility, especially since Charlotte through the Hornets right. are doing a whole lot of that right. with Division One PWI. That's right. That's right. I, I it, you, you took to me that that's that's building a model, and to me you build a model like you said. You start rebranding as a basketball city again. For African American, you know, basket. I mean, HBCU basketball team. And you're right. I think we have a, a Jumpman tournament mm-hmm. that's coming in December. Yeah, Carolina and then three other schools. So why can't we have and 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 and, and be honest, sir? I don't I don't care. We call it the Kerry Mitchell Invitation. Just pay respect to someone who paved the way back in the day. Because I just remember going out there to Tavola to the Coliseum and Kerry was out there and we playing doubleheader. Uh, but I think we need to start doing that. 
Um, so I, I like that suggestion because I think people need to stop thinking that way. Like, oh, so Central, we play in a tournament in uh, New Jersey this year. And I would have said, why are we going to New Jersey? Corporate community read out the, rolled out the carpet. They had media coverage for the game. And to me now, I even look at New Jersey different. I'm like, wow. So it's like, especially since there are no HBCUs. Thank you, her. <laughs> and so for the for the city of New Jersey, say we're gonna welcome you. The close HBCU is Delaware State, mm-hmm. and it was Howard, Delaware State, A and T, and Central, because uh, somebody else was coming. But uh, the basketball players, COVID had hit, and so Delaware State uh, played against us instead of. I can't remember who was supposed to be. But Herb, you're right. And those are the things to her. Yeah, with Chris Paul, too, with his class. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to stop building our brand. Because you're right, it's not going to happen like that. I think the CIAA has to be convinced that Charlotte really wants us and they're going to keep us here. Because here's the bad part, Herb. They did uh, customer survey, 0 to 10. We averaged like 8.4. They loved that everything was downtown. They love the atmosphere. You know, the big knock on us was the hotel prices. And so we tried to give that control back to the CIAA office instead of uh, independent hotels kind of operate on their own. Um, But it it was thumbs up. They love the convention center, love all activities. And and you got to think about, you know, CIAA in the history. A lot of it was in Charlotte. When you think about the oldest rivalry, it's two CIAA schools, Livingstone College and JCSU. And so uh, I'm passionate about building that relationship back with the CIAA. And to me, the best way, if we can get the football championship, then we can come back and brand maybe have a CIAA basketball doubleheader and then lead up to getting the tournament back. Mm -hmm. So then final thoughts in terms of – what success would look like for you? Because obviously, as, a, as an incoming city council uh, representative, mm-hmm. your job is to look out for all of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Why so passionate about the economic development potential mm-hmm. of black college sports? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this is not the ACC. Right. It's not the SEC. Right. It's not Conference USA. Right, right. <laughs> Why are you so passionate about something that doesn't quite have the national profile mm-hmm. and maybe not necessarily the economic impact of those Power Five conferences mm-hmm. or, in the case of Conference USA, the, the other five conferences? Right. For Charlotteur, I think it's, it's the piece that's missing. So when you look at what we have now, NASCAR, NASCAR uh, golf, Soccer, ACC football championship, Big South basketball championship, um, Panthers, Panthers, uh, Hornets, and so you you look at that and you say every ethnic group was almost represented in that, but one, and that's why I'm passionate about making sure that African American have a sports entity here in this community. I was passionate about soccer about three years ago and people say, you're crazy, we'll never get a soccer team. I said, yes, we will. If you follow our demographics, we will get more Hispanic and other minority who embrace soccer. And look what we're doing, I heard. So I think this HBCU Classic 
has to be a testimony that we can embrace African-American sport just like we've done soccer, golf, NASCAR, and ACC football championship. Mm-hmm. And so then the, the long-term impact, again, if it's successful, mm-hmm. and you get your way. Yeah, it's an, <laughs> annual, it's an annual game. It's an annual game, I, and I agree with you. I would love to have a North Carolina school come, and my ultimate vision of a doubleheader, I want to bring in the Jackson State. I want to bring in Tennessee State. Love to bring in the grammar. Keep A&T, South Carolina State Central, and the upcoming programs like Fayetteville State and Winston State all in the mix. Draw from your alumni base. Continue to raise our brand that we embrace African-American HBCU sports. And so you have the ESPN. I'm so grateful that ESPN going to cover it. I mean, cover this game. That Herb, that's huge. So, you know, you're going to hear the announcer say, Live here we are, Bank of America State in Charlotte, North Carolina, for the HBCU Duke Mayo Classic. That's priceless, man. And you don't know how many people are gonna be sitting down Saturday night, seven thirty. Go, hey, come in here. North Carolina T, North Carolina Social playing at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. I thought that said that was a little quiet town. They playing in Charlotte. Herb, you can't put a price on that type of branding. And for me, success it becomes an annual game that we host two HBCUs in that great city. At least two. At least two. I want four, but I settle for two. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so there you go. And so city council member elect, I still have to. That's right. I don't get sworn in until September 6th. You're right. So don't call me with any issues until September the 6th. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll hold our power until then. <laughs> but... Uh, James Mitchell, thank you so much for coming in and uh, shedding some light on something that I think is under-recognized, yes. but hopefully will become normalized That's right. as we move forward like with, you said, with black college sports in Charlotte, of all places. And maybe give Atlanta a little bit of a run for some of that. Yeah, because they're kicking up to what, the cricket, MEAC challenge. The X-Wack challenge. Yeah. Uh, Howard and uh, Alabama State are playing today. And see, Herb, that's what I'm saying. We got to have an annual event as well. And they say, and here we are live, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Toss it on TV. Give it some love. That's right. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening to the Sports Charlotte. And we encourage you. To Go buy your ticket. Okay, well, you got the plug. <laughs> and we encourage you to uh, listen to us on Queen City Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as our own website, thecharlottepost.com. And while you're on our website, become a subscriber or a donor and help us to keep bringing this type of journalism to you wherever you may be because, you know, Good journalism, and this podcast is free, but producing it ain't. So uh, keep that in mind, and we appreciate your support. So for everybody at the office, wherever they may be, I'm Herb White. Thanks for listening. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.